Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What? Welcome to September, friends. How's it going? Do you feel the chill in the air? Has that back to school energy wafted over you and your family? I know it definitely has here. There's definitely a different energy and vibe in the air. You can you can just feel it. Either you know that first day of September or the first day back to school after Labor Day. There's a change for sure. And uh, here we are with our first episode of the month. And there's definitely a charge to the energy in this one for me as well. So as you know, this is a co-hosted episode. I picked a wonderful friend to come on and interview me so I can share some life experience and stories of my own with all of you. And today, the friend that I have picked is actually more like family. I have known her my entire life. She is my god sister, Amanda Andiri, and I'm just so honored for her to come on the podcast and interview me. She knows me so well. As I said, we've known each other our whole lives, being a born fairly close in age and spending a lot of time together as youngsters. So a little bit about Amanda. She has spent over 20 years working in the nonprofit and public sector as a leader committed to racial and housing justice through advocating for systemic change. Prior to joining Funders Together to End Homelessness as their CEO, she served as CEO of Wider Opportunities for Women and National Advocacy Organization. Currently, she serves as a board chair for the United Philanthropy Forum and a board member of Equity in the Center, Bodum Family Foundation, the Washington Regional Association of Grantmakers, the leaders of Fairfax. Amanda is the founding member on the leadership team for the National Racial Equity Working Group on Homelessness and Housing and the National Coalition for Housing Justice. She also serves on the Leadership Council for the DC Partners to End Homelessness and is a volunteer advisor for the Fairfax County on their Racial Inequity Task Force. So as you can hear, she is passionate about the work she does, ending homelessness, serving the community, ensuring that all people have opportunity to proper housing, And I just uh, love her and adore her. And she brings that level of passion to all the things that she loves in her life. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. And we are going to be talking today about some hard lessons that we've both learned. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few, actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question now what? Hey friends, are you having a I just feel sluggish now what moment? 
Me too. And when I'm feeling a little low and need to pick me up, I turn to the Arbonne 30 Days to Healthy Living program to help me reset. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. The 30 Days to Healthy Living acts as a reset in establishing healthy habits so you can get more energy and feel fit with clean vegan nutrition. Arbonne's mission is to empower people to flourish with sustainable, healthy living. So the 30 Days to Healthy Living set and program are specifically designed to do just that. It helps you identify foods that might not be serving your body well, while you focus on adding nutrient-dense, plant-based whole foods into your daily routine, creating sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle that lasts. So if you want to get started on your path to healthy living with our number one nutrition set featuring nine plant-powered products that make healthy living easy, head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and click on the Healthy Living tab and check out the program. Join me each month as I help dozens of people feel fit and their best with this amazing program. It's definitely not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And if you want to live well and feel fit, join us on the next 30 Days to Healthy Living. So head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com, check out that Healthy Living tab, and let's help you go from feeling sluggish to feeling great. Hello, hello, my dear God sister. God sister. I am so excited for you to be here with me today. This has kind of been a little bit of a long time coming, but not how we envisioned us being on the podcast together for the first time, but I'll take it. I'll take you as a co-host and then you can come back as a guest another day. (laughs) Sounds good. Life happens, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Okay. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to do a nice little intro to, to everybody of who you are in in my life. So as you guys know, all of the co-hosts this season have been friends of mine, at some stage of life. So I met them, whether we were in university recently, Amanda is the person whom I have known my entire life next to obviously my parents and my sister, because she and I are God sisters and we're born one month and a week apart. And my mom, you know, babysat Amanda in those early days, along with, you know, staying home with me. And so you and I were actually like raised together in those early years. So really, that's why we call each other twins. Mom, mom was out in a mall in a double pram stroller with the two of us. And this lady came up to her and she's like, oh, they're gorgeous. Are they twins? And for anyone not looking at, you know, the video version of this podcast, like, Amanda and I could not look more different Yes. <laughs> than, you know, like any two people. But apparently this woman decided that we look like twins. And so that's why we call each other twins. So, um, yeah, that's how we know each other. Like we go way back four plus decades. Crazy to think that we're in our 40s. I know, I know 43. And we've literally known each other since the womb, which is kind of wild, but it's also a blessing to say that you still know people that you've known since you, before you were born, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Amanda's parents are my godparents and I think both mom and dad are your godparents or maybe it's, but yeah. So yeah. So it was like a godparent swap. So we've been connected since birth and one of my favorite people, obviously, in those 40 years, there have been gaps where we haven't been as close or, you know, lost touch, but we've been reunited and that's all that matters. It is. And besides COVID, we've made an effort to see each other almost every year since our 
in-person reunification and that's been really nice and I really enjoy our times together either virtually on Instagram or in person. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Now that you know who Amanda is and and how important and special she is to me, we're going to get into this episode and you're going to learn a little bit more about me. Obviously, that's the whole point of these episodes is to help share some of my stories, but you're also going to learn about Amanda because I'm sure today's topic, we both have some things to share about learning some hard lessons in life. Absolutely. As you know, Jessica, I really value vulnerability, being transparent, like putting it all out there for folks in a way that's useful and helpful. And I don't think we talk about hard lessons enough. Like we talk about hard times, but what are the lessons that we've learned from those hard times and how does that carry out Mm -hmm. through the rest of our life? So I'd love to get into it with you today. I'm ready. As you guys know, like these topics are not pre-planned. Like they're kind of like, Hey, you know, this is what we're going to talk about. So I only learned about, we only decided what this topic was going to be yesterday. So it's not like, you know, weeks worth of research and thought was put into it, but that's where you're like that instinctual, like, okay, what are these things? So I have a couple of notes, but not a ton. So I'm excited to, to hear what you have to ask me. Okay. Well, I know you've shared, because I'm a faithful listener, you've shared with uh, your audience some pretty hard times and lessons and growth mm-hmm. in your life. But let's like dive deep into like hard lessons. And maybe you, there are multiple things, right? Like, I don't think it's like you have one thing and then that it can shape your whole life. But oftentimes we learn these hard lessons and they keep repeating our, themselves because... <laughs> We're a little hard-headed. I think you and I are similar. Like we grow and learn a lot, but it might take us a few stumbles before we get, get there. That's our twindom, uh, for sure. So when I when you think of hard lessons, what first comes to mind? Like what like hits you in your gut when you're like, ooh, that was a hard lesson? Yeah, there's definitely the ones that have a major impact, mm-hmm. right? Like to me when I was thinking about like, oh, hard lessons and what are maybe a couple of stories that I'm going to share today, depending on how the conversation goes, is the hard lessons are the ones that cost you, Mm. right? They either cost you financially. Yeah. They cost you sometimes in time. And then the other big cost is relationships. Yes. Yes. So I was thinking of like, oh, in those three kind of realms of, of cost, like what are some of like the, the hard lessons that I have learned that have had, had an impact and had like a cost to my life in a way that imprinted that like, had I maybe picked up, you know, the hints and the lessons along the way and didn't, and didn't, and it didn't take me so long to learn the lesson, the cost may not have been so big, but I, but as we all know, like sometimes it's, it's, it's gotta really hurt you where it hurts for you to, to learn the lesson. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, so we often think about cost as financial. So maybe let's start with that, even though, and we'll get a little bit deeper, like, What's a hard lesson that you feel like financially it cost you? And what did you learn from that? Like, what's what's the story there? So this one is a, a somewhat recent story and it plays into also not just kind of going with the flow or not just 
when everything's fine, just ticking along and because maybe everything isn't fine, but you haven't taken the time to like investigate, ask questions and like dig a little deeper. So from a financial cost for me is, you know, you and I being independent girls, I purchased my, my very first condo at 26 on my own by myself, which in today's society, like that is Mount Everest, right? So I, I, I'm going to throw out my acknowledgement of my privilege of being in a position where I was actually able to purchase my first home at a very young age. You did. I think you did the same. You bought a condo. Yeah. I think we were about the same age. So (laughs) there's the twindom coming in again. And I was working at a nonprofit in the United States and it, it, it was an incredible amount of privilege. I got to like save and live with my dad for a little bit. And so, yes, like all the privileges. Yeah. yeah. Bought my condo pre-construction. I had to wait for it. I had to wait four years for it. So I actually didn't get to move into it for, until I was like in my thirties, but I did it and it was a great thing. And I bought the condo, lived in it for a short time. And then I got married, right? Like life happens. Hey, I had this beautiful, like 750 square foot, you know, one bedroom plus den that was like perfect for my single girl in the city life. But then I got married to a six foot two giant who did not fit in there. And so we moved out, but instead of moving, but instead of selling the condo, I decided to rent it out and create it as an income property, which was great. And had tenants in there, all the things. And then eventually, obviously the hubs and I wanted to like make some more moves and then we decided to leave where we were and we, we purchased our first home together. Okay. But in order to like make that happen, the decision was made that I needed to sell that condo so that we had the ability to buy our house together. It was heartbreaking for me because at, at the time I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, I want to have like multiple properties and I want like all that things. Anyways, decided to be like, you know what? The best financial decision is for us to sell that condo and and take the money and put it towards this house, which was all fine. The hard lesson was, is when you have an income property, (laughs) there's this thing called capital gains. And when I sold the property, it was not my primary residence, right? But in the years that that, you know, unit was being rented, you know, from a tax perspective, I didn't get the advice or hire an accountant to do my income taxes for some of those years. Like I, we, I did my own taxes. My dad, you know, always did my taxes. He, he continued to do them. I learned, okay, this is how we do it. And so I didn't get the advice of an accountant as related to having a, an income property. And so when I sold that property, like I was hit with like big, big, big capital gain penalties. Yeah. So the lesson was, is like thinking that you can do it on your own or thinking that, you know, enough in a topic when you actually don't. And that is the lesson that I've had to learn is, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a know-it-all. Like, I think I know enough about something that I can figure out myself and, and DIY it where there are certain topics and, and areas of life where you really actually do need to rely on the support and help of an expert fully knows what's going on in that situation because they had changed the tax laws in the time when I left the condo to when I wanted Mm -hmm. to sell it. And I didn't know. Right. And it was like a simple mistake that cost me big. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think prevents us from seeking out help and that expertise? Like, as you're examining that within yourself, like what prevented you from like, just asking someone for help? I think it's because I was raised with a do-it-yourself mindset and mentality. Like, as I said, my dad did our family taxes growing up, right? He, he did the taxes for the family. And when I got, when I started working, he did my taxes for me. It was just, it was like, why hire someone to do something that you as an intelligent person can figure it and do yourself. So that is really a helpful mindset too, is like a very figure it out on your own kind of thing. But the, the other edge of that is you find yourself in situations where your, your ability to like know enough isn't enough and knowing the difference. Yeah. Like growing up as an an immigrant household is like, if there is something that you can figure out how to do for yourself, like we're not paying somebody else to do it. Yeah. I was, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure some of it, you know, I'm also in an immigrant household and, or was, and it's, it's the both and that's really tricky, right? Like our parents tried to, and I, they did the best that they could in teaching us to, to figure things out, but mm-hmm. also create a sense of community, right? So like you would think that we would also have instilled in us, like, but you rely on your community and other people and they're the ones that can help you and protect you and do it all yourself, right? And I think that's like the, the hard part of like, learning and raising a family and being in relationship is it's not an absolute it's never black and white it's both and yeah and that's one of the hard lessons to learn like when you are intelligent enough enough to know that you are not intelligent enough to do or not even but it's not even about intelligence right it's really about expertise it's not you're super intelligent but you're intelligent enough you don't have you don't have expertise in a particular area so yeah, it's like, being smart enough to know that you don't you don't know everything yeah. and you can't know everything. And the things that you don't know, it is completely okay to ask for help and guidance in. And that is a lesson that I am constantly learning because I am yeah. a very independent person like you are. I'm like, I'm gonna figure this out on my own, right? Like, yeah. and so the lesson is asking for help. Asking for help is very hard for me. Yes. Yep, same. Absolutely. And, and there could be some things of, Hey, in the past, when you asked for help, you either didn't get it. And so you're like, and continuously like asking for help, asking for help. And and it's not showing up. So you're like, screw it. I'm just going to do it on my own. There's definitely a lot of that or asking for help. And the result you got back was less than, (laughs) less than sufficient of what you needed. And you're like, well, that was a waste of time. I might as well have just done it on my own. And so there's that disappointment yeah. factor in asking for help or people just like let you down. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause I think we are also both helpers. Like we are the people who, if you asked me, if you were like, God sister, I really need you to come to Toronto tomorrow. I would find a way to do it. It's hey. like if yeah. you really needed me. if you asked for help, I would do it. And yet the people who are the most helpful and giving and want to, you give of your expertise all the time to the world. Mm-hmm. And yet it's so hard for us to do the same. And oh. I didn't learn from a like financial standpoint. I just learned from like a physical stress and mental stress 
about asking for help because I tried to do so much on my own. And so, so many people tried to tell me like, eventually <laughs> like you're not going to be able to do everything on your own. It's not a lack of like intelligence or ability to ask for help. In fact, it shows your strength and it shows that you are part of community and it gives other people the opportunity to give back what you've poured into them. Absolutely. And, and there is vulnerability in asking for help. And especially when it comes to financial things, right? There's a lot of, there's, there's probably, there's probably a money seed down there with me too, is like, and maybe with my dad is like, you do not, you know, allow other people into, you know, the behind the scenes of, of the money part, right? Yeah. So where I might've been able to ask for help in other areas, you know, financially, like mm-hmm. having somebody like know the ins and outs of all of it, like there's probably something there too, but the, the hard lesson is, is it costs, it costs you a lot of money to not seek out the advice and direction and pay, pay the money so that you could save the money. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Big lesson. Hard lesson. Hard lesson. And I like, you know, do we have an accountant now? Absolutely. Like, am I still resistant of like, oh, well, I still want to do all of these things myself. And, but like, just find the right person to help you and trust them with a grain of salt. Obviously we don't have a hundred percent trust in other people, but, and and your abilities know that things, you know, could go wrong. So, you know, had I hired an accountant, there could have been a chance that she could have missed it too because of something. Right. But the lesson is, is like, Hey, when you, when you don't fully know something, it's not good enough sometimes in some situations. And I have that, that mentality of like, I'm a, I'm just like, I'm, I'm a goer. I'm a doer. I don't need to know the minutia. I don't need to know the ABCs from A to Z details of everything before I start something that's a benefit. But at sometimes that can also be a hindrance. And that's the lesson that I've been learning is in certain situations, you actually do need to know what you're doing before you start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes great vulnerability, right? Especially for us type A folks, us independent folks. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I think though, like independent doesn't mean that you're not reliant on others. And that's the hardest lesson I've had to learn. Like, I think we don't learn and grow and heal on our own. We can, that's a big part of life, but I believe whether, whatever you believe, God, the universe, like gives you an abundance of richness of people and things around you in order to learn and grow from. And we need to take advantage of that, but that's, it's a really hard lesson to learn because trust is a big issue, vulnerability and, and, and the actual resources, like the idea that sometimes you have to spend a little money of money to, to get money or to save money is still a concept that I think is really hard for folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So that was, that was a hard lesson that I learned is that, you know, when it comes to like taxes, there's no way that you can actually know all the things that you need to know if you are not a tax professional and you live and breathe it every single day, because things change, things happen and you, you can't, right? So yes, put trust in the people who are experts in their field because you will 
you, you, you will only benefit by partnering with them versus trying to do it on your own. Hey, so <laughs> the financial lesson, okay. That was a big one. That was Sometimes a one. folks are hit with a lesson that hits their pocketbooks first. Right. Mm-hmm. But you said relationships is the second one. And I'm really curious about that getting into like, what's the hard lesson that you've had to learn in relationships. So when it comes to relationship lessons, it's often when you either you do something or you don't do something that cracks a relationship. And mm-hmm. and if there's a crack, there's absolutely a way to repair it. But if you also are oblivious to the thing that you did or didn't do and and time passes, that crack becomes you know, a valley. And then it's, a re- it, it, it just goes beyond, beyond repair. And that happened to me with a friendship, right. And, and not seeing how a situation really had like real harm to the friendship. And it was a hard lesson to learn, but it was essential. And the cost of that was there's no more friendship. Yeah. Right. But the awareness of how you treat people and the things that you do and the words that you say or the words you don't say have major impact. And so this this hard lesson came to me also in a very challenging time of life. Right. So I had a friend who was going through something at the same time when I was going through something. And, th- and that's what also makes it really hard is because independently, you can see how both sides were, you know, in, in, the, in the zones of their own mindset of what was going on. But when those two things kind of happened at the same time, it just kind of exploded things. But yeah, this was it all, in the, all in the time when we were trying to have a baby, I was struggling with infertility and mm-hmm. a friend, you know, planted a, a seed, an idea or a thought in my brain that I was unaware of at the time, but leaned into, and I take full ownership of leaning into this, you know, just thought that that got planted and it impacted how I treated and and was responding and reacting to other people. And it was all around, you know, the pain of trying to have a baby and not being able to, and other people around you getting pregnant and having joyous moments and how you unpack all of that. So that, that was the hard lesson that taught me that you cannot have other people's joy be the source of your pain. Mm. Wow. Right. Yeah. Because I was unable to be happy for her in her happy moment of announcing her pregnancy and showing up for her as the friend that she needed me to be because I was dealing with my own staff. Um, so it's, it's complicated. There are layers and layers to it, but the hard yeah. lesson was, is no matter what's going on in your world, right. That doesn't stop you for expressing joy and happiness that other people need and deserve in their own situations. Yeah. Whoo. So we did not plan any of these, but what's so interesting is the the first one you talked about, like with your condo, I was just thinking yesterday that like, I so regret selling my condo. Yeah. Yeah. 
And this one like hits hard because we've, we've touched on this maybe in our text messages or conversations before, but like the grief, we often think about grief as like the physical loss of someone. And that's super real. Mm -hmm. And I know you experience grief in trying to get pregnant. And, and, and so that's real grief. We never talk about the grief of losing a friendship and the, like the work or the reality of how life can get in the way of other people in our, not get in the way, but how, how it can impact your relationship with others. Right. And that's a big grief too. And I think my situation is reverse and that I lost a best friend in a time where she was grieving the loss of a parent, which now I understand more deeply Mm -hmm. and my happiness, like she couldn't, I think in such a tender moment in her life, be able to be happy for me. And I understood that, but now I understand it more deeply having lost my mom last year, but And understand that like, you have to give people grace, right? So like on both sides, how do you, the hard lesson is how do you give people grace when they don't show up for you in that way, when their joy can't impact your happiness, but like, how do you have those tough conversations to even name that as a thing? Like, do you think now that you could have a a conversation where you could name what was happening with you that would have maybe preserve the friendship or helps you communicate better now that you understand better what you, what was happening? Yes. I think if I had better understanding of my own emotions at the time, and if I had not leaned so hard into the permission that the other friend gave me of her like saying, it's okay for you to be not happy about this. Yeah it probably would have worked through differently and there was no conversations. Yeah. Right. Like we were both dealing with our own half in the silo and we weren't having communication. We weren't having conversation. We weren't having the hard conversations with each other. We just detached and went to our own corners. So it's not like there was a like an, an actual fight. There was like, it was just a separation. Yeah, because same. I couldn't be in her world in the state that I was in, and she was not able to be in my world in the state that she was in for us to coexist. So it was just like go to separate sides, and that's what caused that valley and that that divide is because there was no attempt and effort to actually hold on. Yeah. And I think that means the hard lesson is that friendships take work, mm-hmm. take a level of intimacy, take a level of communication and vulnerability that we often only reserve for our romantic or our family relationships. Yeah. Um, Neither of us fought to keep the friendship. And that's yeah. the hard is that if there is a relationship that's important to you, no matter what kind it is, you actually have to do the work and do stuff and maybe have those hard conversations to be able to maintain it, hold it and be okay with the change in the friendship. Because maybe even if we had had some of those hard conversations and hashed it out and whatever, no, we would never have been, you know, the best buds that we had been for years prior. We might've had a new 
version of a relationship and friendship that we would have accepted, but at least there would have been some kind of relationship and friendship versus none at all. And I think both of us at the time, I can only speak for myself, was it was like a, it was an all or nothing situation. It's like we're either besties or we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, don't, I didn't necessarily know how to be in the outer circles in her world mm-hmm. versus being yeah. at the core, which I used to have that position. And so it was like, it was, it was I guess it was an all or nothing situation for me, for my, in, in the emotional state that I was in. Yeah. The renegotiating of relationships is a really hard lesson. Yeah. And often something we don't talk about or we think we, again, we reserve that for like your romantic partner or your family. Mm -hmm. And I've been actually lately thinking, what would it look like if we like had best friend therapy or like healing for like, we, we, in my work around social justice and racial justice, we do a lot of healing because we realize there's harm that happens in doing hard things. Mm-hmm. And so that's becoming more of a thing in a professional space. And yet I don't see it in the friendship spaces. And yet our friends are so critical to our lives because your romantic partner can't be everything. Your family can't be everything. That's why we have friends. Yeah. And sometimes the hard lesson is we treat friendships in a very transactional way. I'm not saying that this is what you're doing, but I'm saying the, ability to work on it is in our culture doesn't it's not something that feels like talked about or explained or that you actually have to put in the work it's because there's there is actually no contract in the friendship space you know in in family they're family they are your blood and so there is an like a a dna binding contract with these people like as, as as upset as you are with them you eventually, and this is, I'm generalizing here because some people are definitely not like this with their family where they have cut them off and, you know, they're not involved at all. But like for most of us out there, even if you have a fight with your sister or, um, or your parent or whatever, you know, you actually, at the end of the day, have to work it out because you are family and there is DNA that is binding you to this, these people, or there's other family members that are binding you to this this family and this group. And so you put in the work and the effort to figure it out. Right. Same thing with your romantic relationship, especially, you know, whether you're common law or you're actually married to this person, there is a contract. There is like an actual legal document that you both sign that you are in it together and you are going to make your best efforts to keep that relationship going. Right. Till death do us part. So there is a contract about in friendships, like other than, you know, picky swearing that you're going to be BFFs forever. There's no true obligation to put in the work to make it, to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. Such a hard lesson. And the grief is real. I can hear it in your voice. I like, it's choking me up a little bit to think about the loss of a friendship, even if, even if they were, you can understand where they were coming from, even if you weren't meant to be friends forever, the feeling of not having any closure or like not even at least putting in the work makes mm-hmm. the grief so much harder for me. I don't yeah. know if it's the same for you. Oh yeah. yeah. Because there, there was no actual decision made. It was, yeah. it was kind of 
just done. And you're like, yeah, okay, this, this is it. So yeah. So that's a hard lesson is like your relationships and your friendships are delicate. They can, Very. but at the same time, they can withstand a lot. They can't. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the lesson is in people's fragility, there is also strength. So if you're, if the fear is, is if I say this thing, it's going to ruin the friendship. It's going to break the friendship, but understanding at the same time that French like relationships can go through a lot. They can go to hell and back, but if there is some effort made, it can actually strengthen it and make it even stronger versus the thing that shatters it. So it's that duality again, right? But yeah, that's the lesson learned is that relationships are extremely fragile, but they also can be very strong if you treat them well. Absolutely. Put in the work. Yeah. It's a hard lesson. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. So I have to admit, I forgot the last one that you said, because I got so caught up in the first two. (laughs) If you want to talk about them or if you want to pull anything else out. So financial Um, relationships. and And time. Time is one where you have to learn a really hard lesson and it's going to cost you a lot of time. It's like going down a path and like kind of ignoring, ignoring, ignoring the GPS saying like, do not go here. But you're like, I'm going to go my own way and realizing that you've just real ended up in a dead end. You're like, okay, now I got to backtrack and start all over again. But like, I think that's, that's a hard lesson that we're all going to be continuing to learn forever is that there are no shortcuts and that sometimes mm-hmm. shortcuts actually make things 10 times longer than they need to be. Um, and that can, you can apply that to all things in life. Right. But it's like, yeah. when I think about time and what, what the cost of time is, is you can't bank time right? Like it is, it is our one resource that we can't just stockpile and sit on and just use it later. Like at the end of the day, those 24 hours, they are gone. And so have you used them wisely? And I think that's a lesson. It's a hard lesson. We all are learning every single day of the choices that we make every day of how are we spending our time? Who are we spending our time with? What are we doing with that time? And Sometimes in the moment, it feels really good to spend your time doing this with these people because that is bringing you immediate gratification or satisfaction or whatnot. But in the long term, that time spent, had it been applied to another group of people, another topic, another endeavor would have not only not costed you the time, but it would have actually potentially even gained you more time in the future. And so that one is the, that that's the, the time wasting and the, and the cost of time is the one that weaves through everything. Yeah, absolutely. Both examples, right? Like it wasn't just a financial loss. Like you lost time trying to figure these things out Mm -hmm. and, the time even that you spent doing it on your own. <laughs> the energy that I spent stressing out about it and worrying about it and like, oh my gosh. And, and the, the time I'm still waiting, waiting for CRA to get back to me as to like, what does this financially actually mean yeah. for me at the end yeah. of the day? Like the amount of time is, is crazy. And it's also about like, hey, had I just taken the time to do a little research, maybe this all could have been prevented. 
Yeah, or maybe had absolutely. I just taken the time to ask some questions, maybe this all could have been prevented, right? Yeah. And so where we invest our time is either, is, is, is literally the thread that makes things all possible. The same thing, time, you just let, okay, I'm going to let one day pass. I'm not going to call that friend. You're not the two yeah. days. It's going to be a week. It's going to be a month. It, fast forward and it's, it's now been, you know, I don't even know how many years. So the time, the time is the one that is the thread through everything. And it's the resource that I think that we, we value the most and waste the most at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. We value time the most and waste the waste it the most. I think that's a really hard lesson. I think it's also tied to, we view time as productivity, right? How are we going to spend our day? being productive rather than thinking about how are we going to use our time to invest in ourselves, to invest in others and to do like what your purpose in life is. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always mean being productive or in the, in the ways that we, the world tells us to do. Right. Yeah. And so capitalistic game. Yes. It's a very exactly, different. Yeah. And so I think both of us love getting stuff done, checking things off the list, mm-hmm. being productive but there is a real lesson in like just sitting back and investing in relationships, investing in community that I think is really important. And that's still valuing time with people. That is something that I think is inherent in both of us because of our families and our culture, mm-hmm. but also in conflict <laughs> with the immigrant mentality of you work hard, you prove yourself like, these, all these things, these hard lessons to me are about like, there's a lot of things that are in conflict with each other because we don't think of the both and in life, right? It's great to be productive and it's really good to like, just spend time doing things that feed you or feed others. Yeah. And again, it's, it's a lesson that you, you're never one, one session is never going to be enough. Like this, this one thing this is the lesson that we all have to learn regularly on the daily. And some days we get it, we, we get it right. And we score above, above 80. And we're like, I'm hitting an A today in terms of my time usage. And then sometimes we totally fail and we, we bum out, but that those days when we weren't, we weren't smart with our time is, is our lesson of like, okay, well, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do with tomorrow's time? And that's the blessing in having time and what we do with it be a hard lesson, but a valuable one that we will never stop needing to learn. And we will never stop getting the hard lessons, right? Especially as we know life is, life is very short. You know that better than anyone. You experience the loss of your mom unexpectedly. Um, many, 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 many years ahead of what any of us thought would be her lifespan. And so you also have a very different perspective on time now because of that hard lesson you learned with the passing of your mom. Yeah. And during a pandemic when we thought we had all this time, but time was also taken away from us. Mm-hmm. So that that's like the complicatedness of time that we were given a gift in a horrible situation, no one is like saying the pandemic yeah. was a good thing, but if we're supposed to take lessons out of hard things, like the pandemic was really hard mm-hmm. and I would hope that people would have valued time more, but I also feel like we didn't learn that lesson 
And we now just like go back to using time in the same way for some people, rather than thinking about life is short, your time with people is short and you want to spend time doing the things that are valuable to you. And only you get to decide what that value is. Right. Yeah. How is like, how has the last three years changed your relationship with time? You know, everyone who listens knows that the hubs, he's a pilot and we do on under normal, under normal times, we don't get a lot of time together. He travels a lot, right? Same thing with you. You travel a significant amount for your career and your job. So, you know, you're neck and neck with him in terms of hotel loyalty points. So the lesson that time that the, the last three years taught us was to value the time that we had together and cherish the time that we have together. We had more time in the last three years together than in the decade that I've known this man. We banked more nights sleeping next to each other than um, ever before, but it came at a cost. Right. Right. Yeah. So he was grounded for that first year of the pandemic because many pilots were, it was just not an option. And, you know, and now he's grounded again for other reasons that are also beyond our control. So it's been a strange one. While I'm grateful for the time that we have at the same time, I would love nothing more for us to have less time together. If it meant he could be doing the thing that he loves. Yes. That's a hard lesson. And being grateful for the time apart. Like maybe that's, that's the thing that I, the lesson I really learned in the last three years is before this, I was always like kind of craving that, or, you know, wishing we could have more time together, like any, any couple would want to, and doing what we can to create more time together versus really appreciating the balance of our together time and our away time and being grateful for the time that we're away um, because we have no time away right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, 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 what I would do for him to go to work for like just a couple days. And, and, you know, I think that's the lesson is like extremes are never good. It's he's here 24 seven or he's gone all the time. Like the balance life is in the balance. Life is in the both sides. Enjoy living in the togetherness and enjoy living in the apartness because you don't want too much of one or too much of the other. Yep. Absolutely. And that's an incredibly hard lesson that you've had to learn Mm -hmm. both of you, but it will make you appreciate the work that you've put into your relationship and the, you know, when things start to, when you create, starting to create your new normal, the time apart will now you'll savor it in much different ways. And absolutely. And, you know, I'm a long distance relationship person. Like a lot of my friendships are long distance, you know, you and I are example, my parents live in another country. Like, so my relationship with time is, I guess, a little bit different than the average person who has majority of their, you know, quote unquote, important people within a 30 minute or an hour drive away from them that they can see on the regular. That's different for us, or that's different for me, you know, and and a lot of listeners out there have a similar life to me where their parents and their, the loved ones are a distance away. And so it costs them from in a, from a time perspective and a financial perspective and all the things to actually make an effort to see the people that they want to see. And that's the other thing, right? Like what's the cost? Well, if I don't go, yeah, I save the money, but if I don't go, we also don't 
create those sticky bonds that tie us together, right? So hard lessons is where you, we're going to pay for everything somewhere in some fashion. Yes. Right. And so that's the lesson. And it kind of struck me the other day when I was, you know, reading something, but have you ever taken the time to actually take in what the words pay attention is actually saying? No. Okay. Pay. Pay attention. You have to pay to put the time or the thoughts or your focus to something to be able to either learn it, to create it. It needs your attention. Relationships, your finances, the dinner you're cooking. If you don't pay attention to that, you can burn that baby in a second. It costs you something. Yeah. Your attention. Yeah. But it also can gain you so much, right? Like, and that's the hard lesson is that you have to put something of yourself and knowing of yourself in order to like continue in this world, right? You have to know what you can or you can't do. You have to value relationships in a different way. And you have to like understand your relationship with time and your relationship with time is going to be different than other people's, but we never have that conversation about like, what is it going to cost? What's the the benefit here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. Benefit? But like, think about it. Like the words. Pay attention. Pay attention is to put focus on and you have to pay for that because yeah. if you're focused on this, you're not focused on that. I've never thought of that. <laughs> There's so many things we say that we don't like. Ah, yeah. It's just a phrase. We all say it, you know, pay attention to the stoplight, traffic, blah, blah, blah. Like truly like the word pay is the core part of that thing. It's like attention, what? <laughs> attention, attention, right? No, you got to pay attention. You got to pay for it. I love that. To either receive it from somebody, like look at me, you know, mm-hmm. someone's got to not look at something else to be looking at you. Yeah, I love that. I know that was like an aha moment for the other day. I was like writing it out. I'm like, pay attention. I'm like, hey, oh yeah, there is a cost of me doing this thing and focusing on this, but the payout could be really great. And then that goes back to the whole money lessons of not paying attention to your finances. What's going on? Yeah. Right. If you're not paying paying attention to your abilities to do things, right? Right? If you're not constantly paying attention and self-examining what you can do, what you can't do, it costs you. If you're not paying attention to your relationships, it costs you in deeper ways, right? If you're not paying attention to how you're using your time, (laughs) all of these things are such hard lessons. Wow. I feel like that's a, that's an end right there, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So thank you for joining me on uh, today and, and having this conversation. I think it was the perfect topic because both of us have continuing continuously been learning some really hard lessons through yes. living, but that's, that's the best part about being alive is you yes. get to continue to learn hard lessons. And it just proves that you are, your pulse is still going. You are still here. And still have good, purpose. We have yes. still purpose. And we still have lots to learn. So much, so much. Bring it on, universe. <laughs> bring it on, bring it on. And yeah, it is it's really interesting. So I just got back into journaling. And one of the sections in the journal that it, that it asks you is, you know, lessons learned each day. Mm. 
And I am grateful for the days when shit goes sideways and I actually have something to write in that section because then I completed this. Like I learned something today, but there are days where if I didn't push myself, I didn't, I didn't have a challenge. Nothing hard was going on. I am struggling. I'm like, what lesson did I learn today? I need to learn something, (laughs) right? And (laughs) only learn lessons when things are not perfect. They're not smooth and life comes at us. So I will take the lessons because it means I'm still alive. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think lessons are not only in the hard things, they can be in the good things. Like I know many people do gratitude journals. Like I have Mm -hmm. a gratitude practice in the morning. That's not in a writing sense, but more in a prayer sense. And that has helped me learn the lesson of the simple gratefulness, right? Like It's not always the big things. It's these little things in life that make you know that you still have purpose and you're still learning because people are placed in your life in an abundance. People, you just, you learn through your gratitude as well. So that's something that we have to also realize. So you're learning every day. You just don't realize it. (laughs) I know. I just need to like, what's the actual lesson though? Did I learn? So I got to dig deep. Okay. That's it for us today. Thank you, God sisters, so much for joining me. It was, it was a joy to have you here. And hey, everybody, did this episode resonate with you? What are some hard lessons that you have had to learn over your lifetime or are still learning? So if this episode resonated with you, please give it a like, a share, subscribe if you haven't, or if you know somebody who is going through some hard life lessons right now, please, please, please share this episode with them because it may help them figure out their very own. Now what? Okay, that is it for us this week. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, me and Amanda are heading over to patreon.com to do um, a little bonus question for all of the amazing patrons who support the show. Amanda actually was the very first patron of the podcast. I'm super grateful for her. So yeah, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com backslash I just blank now what and check out the bonus content that we are recording right now. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.